Welcome to the Hutto Community Church Podcast. HCC is located in Hutto, Texas, and is led by Pastor Russell Daniel. For more information, please check out our website at huttocommunitychurch.org. Obviously, we're diving into uh, a new series today. It's going to last four weeks, and we're going to cover five parables in four weeks, and we're actually going to do two today, but don't worry, they're very short, and they go together. So, Uh, not to be alarmed at us being here till 1230 today. But uh, I'm really excited about this series and uh, been excited about this one for a while, a chance for us to really dig into God's word and to see what the Lord has to show us. Uh, You're probably familiar with what the, the word parable means. It's two Greek words put together, para, meaning to come alongside, and balo, which is easy to remember because it means to throw. So you just think about throwing a ballo, and there you go, parabolo. And uh, literally, it means to to come, um, I'm sorry, to throw alongside, to throw alongside. And so what Jesus would do is he would use stories that we all like, because we all like stories, and stories grab our attention, and he would throw those alongside a kingdom truth to help his hearers grasp the meaning. And the great thing about parables is they make us think. And so we have, to take, uh, we have to put our thinking caps on to really look at the text, to see what Jesus is saying, and to look at the meaning that he is trying to convey to us. And when we're able to find that meaning, it's really kind of worth double, right? Because it's kind of like uh, you hear a story and then you go, oh, or it's that aha moment, and it means so much more to us. So As we dive into these parables over the next few weeks, I hope you'll make an extra effort to be here and to participate and to find the meaning and the truth that God has for us each week. Now, this week, like I said, we're looking at two parables out of Mark chapter 4, and uh, they're very brief, and they go together. And so we're talking about seeds today. And I love talking about seeds. I could probably preach on seeds every other week because there's so much spiritual truth that goes along with seeds. And it just so happened that last Sunday evening, uh, Brooke and I were busy planting seeds. And uh, you might wonder, why are we planting seeds in the middle of summer? Well, uh, Brooke grew up on a farm uh, just outside of Farmersville, and her mom was very diligent to plant blue bonnets all over their property. And so in the springtime, uh, it is one of the most gorgeous places on earth uh, because there are literally just acres and acres and acres of blue bonnets, just solid blue bonnets. And it's absolutely beautiful. And so every time we're up there during the spring, obviously, we take lots of family pictures because they're so beautiful. So now that Brooke has grown and moved away from home, blue bonnets are still very special to her. And we've been trying for the past few years to get blue bonnets to grow in our own yard. And we've been very unsuccessful at that, let me tell you. And so uh, this last year, you know, we threw out seeds and we had, we had three blue bonnets sprout up and they were just little measly little things that died off very, very quickly. So I happened to be walking into HEB one day and saw that they were selling blue bonnets. And so then we took those home and planted those and so we had blue bonnets, but we didn't have them the natural way. So once again, this year, my mother-in-law, Claudine, has sent us blue bonnet seeds that she has gone out in the field and collected for us. And last Sunday night, we went out in the yard and I took a metal rake and we were scratching the dirt and throwing seeds out and hoping that just maybe, just maybe, 
some blue bonnets will sprout up uh, later this year and into the springtime, and we'll have a whole field full of blue bonnets. And I was thinking about this this week as we happened to be planting seeds last week. You know, we're, we're all seed planters. We're all seed planters. Whether you have a garden at home and you planted those seeds and started your garden from scratch or, or not, we are all seed planters because we're planting seeds mentally in our own hearts and minds every time we think a thought. We're planting seeds physically with the things that we uh, eat and put into our body and how we exercise. We're planting seeds. We're planting seeds in other people as we have conversation with them and we talk to them about the things going on in our life or the things that are on our heart. We're planting marital seeds every time we have an interaction with our spouse. And it's either a, a deposit into the marital bank account or it's a withdrawal. It's the same thing with our children. Every time we have an interaction with them, we're planting seeds in their heart. And so the question then becomes, what kind of seeds are you planting when you go to work? When you're at home, with your, when you're dealing with your children who are frustrating you, or maybe it's your aging parents who uh, are, you're frustrated with. How are you planting seeds? Because either we're planting seeds of, of positivity, of affirmation, of love, of grace, or we're planting seeds of doubt and deception and negativity or frustration. What kind of seeds are you planting? We are all seed planters. And so all of a sudden, seed planting becomes really, really important to every single one of us. And so with that, Jesus has several parables about seeds, and I want us to look at those two that I mentioned today. And we're going to start in Mark chapter 4 and verse 26, and we'll read the first one. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So Jesus says, hey, what is the kingdom of God like here? Well, it's like this. It's like when you go out and you throw seed on the ground. And then what happens? Well, you go to sleep. And you wake up the next day, and then you live that day, and you go to sleep, and you, you go to sleep, and you rise day and night over and over again. But you've already planted the seed. And so the seed on its own, without you doing anything to it, it's going to begin to grow. And at first, you're going to see the blade coming up. He's talking about like wheat here. You see that green blade come up. And then it's going to begin to change, and you're going to see the head of grain there, or the, the ear, and then the grain comes. And then when the thing is fully ripe, you come back to it and you harvest it. He's saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And so um, what we see is a couple of different things here that I want to point out. Number one, the, the kingdom growth happens despite us, right? Like Just like Brooke and I, last weekend, we went and we threw out that seed. And we've gone to sleep, and we've risen every day since, and we haven't done a thing to those seeds, right? And so the kingdom of God is like that in that we are the seed planters, okay? We have a responsibility to plant the seeds, but once we do our part, it is God who does the growing. He's the one who takes that seed and then makes it to grow, makes it to produce, and eventually makes it produce a fruit 
that has been harvested for the kingdom of God. And so what we understand here is that God is always working. God is always working, and we may not see anything happen. Like you put that seed in the ground, and like we planted those blue bonnet seeds, and we're not going to see anything for months. If we see anything by November or December, we'll be very lucky. And we're going to go on about our business. And in the kingdom of God, oftentimes we have opportunities to plant seeds with people. And then we go on about our business and maybe we think about that opportunity and we, we wonder about it. We wonder if God is doing anything with that at all. But God is always working behind the scenes. It's one of the principles that Henry Blackaby taught in the, the great Bible study, Experiencing God, which if you've not done that Bible study, you should get that book and you should do that Bible study. God is always working even when you can't see it. He's always working. When our work is done, his work continues. And it just reminds us while we get so caught up in, in, in our lives and the things that, that we do all of the time, really our lives are very insignificant in this world. If I walk outside and, and get hit by a bus, the work of God is going to continue because God is always working. He's working behind the scenes, even when it seems like nothing has happened. But I think we also see, secondly, that kingdom growth is a very gradual process. It's a very gradual process. Again, back to my little blue bonnet seeds, it, it's going to be months before we see anything right? Just like when you plant a seed of corn or you plant flowers or whatever it is, oftentimes it is months from the time you plant to the time you see what you actually want to see. And the same thing happens spiritually for all of us, that, that maturity happens over time. It's not instant. It doesn't happen uh, all at once. And I know for, for many, it's easy to get frustrated in the process, because we're, we're looking for something. We're yearning for something. We know how things should be, and things are not that way, and so we long for them to be how they should be. And even on this side of heaven, we pray for those things and we work for those things, but it is difficult when we don't see them. And I just want to encourage you, maturity, growth, it's a gradual process. And you, you might be praying for your spouse, who maybe they're not, they're not where you want them to be. They're not where they should be. And maybe they're nowhere even close. And you're praying for them and you're longing for them to be where they should be. Remember, it is a slow and gradual process. Maturity does not happen overnight. Be patient with them. Be patient with them. Maybe it's your kid. Right? You've got a teenager who's not acting like they should be acting, or maybe as a young adult, they're not doing the things that a, a young adult should be doing. And you're frustrated in the process. And remember, growth is gradual. It doesn't happen overnight. And you just be faithful. You keep praying. You keep hoping for all the right things and stay the course. Because kingdom growth is a gradual process. And so when we look at these, these two principles, we can kind of sum them up in a statement. The success of the Christian message does not depend upon human effort or understanding. Just like uh, when we throw out the seed, it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on God. You know, I've got seed examples for days. So I was thinking about uh, the farmer. If you've been to our house, you know we've got a, a field about 25 acres across the, the way from us. And there's a farmer who plants 
corn there. At least he's planted corn every year that we've lived there. And so he's there probably five or six times a year. He's there to turn the, the dirt, and then he's there to plant the seed. He's there to fertilize and to spray off all the weeds. And then he doesn't come back until harvest time. He's there with his whole crew for harvest day. And then he'll come back maybe once or twice more just to uh, plow the field up and turn the dirt. He doesn't do anything else. And, And that seed grows regardless of what he does, right? And he can go on vacation. He can go, you know, work on other fields. But that seed is still gonna grow because that's what he planted there. And so if we are diligent to plant kingdom seeds, then we're going to reap a kingdom harvest, regardless of what we do. And again, especially as a, as a doer, right? And I think a lot of you are doers like I am. We want to make the kingdom of God advance. And we want to make our spouse advance. Or we want to make our kids advance. We can't do it. Because kingdom growth happens outside of what we do. And what we need to do is just chill out and pray. Which reminds us that we're not the Holy Spirit. I'm not the, my spouse's Holy Spirit. I'm not my kid's Holy Spirit. doesn't mean we can't have conversation and talk about things, but don't be the Holy Spirit for your spouse. Every time you turn around and you nag them, well, you should be doing this, well, you should be doing that, it doesn't work. You're not the Holy Spirit. Let God, he's a much better Holy Spirit than you and I are. I promise you, I promise you, growth happens slowly outside of us, but God is always working. Now let's go to that second parable there. The parable of the mustard seed. You might be a little more familiar with this one. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So he's saying, hey, guys, what else can we compare the kingdom of God to? Oh, here's what we can do. A mustard seed. It's a really, really small seed. It's very tiny. And so one would think that this would be a very small plant. Like if you've ever seen a a lettuce seed, like it's like like that big, right? But it grows a small plant that's not very big. But a mustard seed is different because when that seed is planted, then it grows up into a bush. And if you let it continue to grow, it will eventually reach 9, 10, 12 feet in the air, which is then a tree that is big enough for us to have birds come and to lay their nests in it and to be a blessing. He's saying this is what the kingdom of God is like. Though it may start very, very, very small, you might plant a very, very small seed. That seed has great potential because it is God, it is God who's growing the seed. I thought about this just in the gospels. You think uh, at the end of Jesus' life, when he's there on the cross, who's there with him? Who's there with him? It's his mom. It's his disciple, John and a couple of other ladies, and that's it. Everybody else is gone. Peter's gone. He's nowhere to be found. Judas has hung himself. The other disciples have just scattered. There's a very small group of people. But just a couple of months later, after the resurrection and Jesus' ascension, there's 3,000 people that are saved. After that, a couple of more months go by, there's 5,000 people who are saved. 
You think about the Apostle Paul and you think about the prayer meeting that he was in in Acts chapter 13. It was just a few guys getting together to pray and to fast before the Lord. But out of that one prayer meeting, it was Paul and Barnabas that were then sent all over Asia and even over into Europe to share the gospel. And so what started in this very tiny, small, insignificant prayer meeting became this very large, impactful thing that literally changed the world as we know it. You see, what starts small can become something very big. And so we see our our principle is that God can do great things with small beginnings. God can do great things with small beginnings. And so you might be thinking, well, you know, I just don't know how God could use me. I'm just one person. Uh, My family's not really got it together right now. I'm really kind of struggling in my faith and my walk with God. And, uh, you know, what, what could God do with me? Much more than you could ever even begin to imagine. Because it's not about you, but it's about how big and how great uh, is the God that we serve. Right? So it might start with a prayer. You might have a prayer uh, for someone in your life that really needs some life change or some heart change. You might have a prayer for a spouse or prayer for a kid that seems like not much of anything is going on. You might go serve one day, and it may not seem like very much to you, but it might be very significant in the kingdom of God. You might go on a a week-long mission trip, and it doesn't seem like you do much. You're there, and you, you participate, and you serve, but you think, man, what good could this have done? But God uses the seeds that you planted and makes something very great and significant out of it. God can do great things with very small beginnings. I think about the seeds that you plant in your kids' lives. Probably the most significant work you will do in your life is that which happens in your own home. And the seeds that you plant with your kids, whether you affirm them and you encourage them, tell them who they are in Christ, or whether you belittle them and you humiliate them. It depends on what you do, what seeds you plant, but those little seeds of the gospel. I was thinking about this this morning. Um, I'm thinking about the ladies who used to teach me in Sunday school, just little short Bible verses saying, God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, Just the little things like that make a huge impact later on in life because God does great things with small beginnings. And then last thing today, the kingdom of God is to always be a blessing. Now, when we go back and, and look at the scripture, at the very end, verse 32 He says, yet when it is sown and grows up and becomes larger than all of the garden plants, and it puts out large branches so that the birds of the air may make nests in its shade. Now, uh, there are some scholars who would go back to the parable of the sower where the birds, they steal the seed away. And uh, I believe that is the enemy that does that, right? And some would apply that to this parable and say, well, uh, the church is not to become this large institution because then the evil one can come in and live there. However, I don't see that in this one, okay? Because God is, or I'm sorry, Jesus is comparing something very small to something very big. The birds are just tacked on at the end. And when it comes to parables, we have to look at what the main point is, Right? We, we can't get distracted by some of the side things, and though some of the side things are important, we're looking for the main principle that Jesus is teaching us. 
But we do see that as this thing becomes big and it becomes large, then it becomes a haven. It becomes a blessing for the birds to come in and to live there and to make their nest and have their young. In the same way, as the kingdom of God grows, as you plant those little seeds, it's meant to be a blessing. It's meant to be a blessing. And, and if you're participating in the kingdom of God and the things that you are doing for the Lord, if they are not a blessing, then we might want to stop and take a look at whether we should be doing those things, right? Or if you're working yourself to death for the kingdom of God and it is a burden for you, we might want to pump those brakes a bit and say, what are we doing? Because the kingdom of God was never meant to be a burden for anyone. And now, listen, there are some burdensome things. Sometimes we carry heavy things. It doesn't mean persecution does not come. It doesn't mean we don't go through hard times. But if it is a burden always serving, then we might want to back up and say, hey, wait a second. This is something that's supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be joyful, full of peace and love and grace. The kingdom of God is to be a blessing. Jesus says in Luke 6, 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Paul then echoes that same thing in Romans 12, 14 and says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them because the kingdom of God is to be a blessing. So what? So what do we do now? I want to move down to the application today if you're following along in the notes. And I say, number one, uh, sow seeds of the gospel. Sow seeds of the gospel. If we go back to our first parable, what is it that the what is it that the that we're responsible for? Right, it's sowing the seed. Right, God does the growth; He makes everything else happen. Yet we, as His children, are responsible for sowing the seed. So sow seeds of the gospel. Sow them in your family. Sow them in your work life. Sow them with your friends, those that you fellowship with on a regular basis. Sow seeds of the gospel. Number two, be patient and pray. Be patient and pray. Remember, spiritual growth is a gradual process. And so rather than getting frustrated and getting irritated that God's not doing what you want him to do right now in this moment, let's be patient and pray. And remember that this is a long haul deal. And hey, we might not see all of the things that we want to see in this life. It just might not happen. But we are to be patient and pray because this is a gradual process. Number three, have faith. Have faith, right? We talked about God can do uh, great things with small beginnings. When you see your small beginning, whatever that might be, whether it's a, a business or maybe you're praying for a friend or maybe, again, frustrated with a, a child, have faith. Have faith. Keep praying because whatever seeds you go and you plant, have faith that God is going to bring those to fruition in time. Keep believing God. Don't give up on him because he has not given up on you. Number four, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Everywhere you go, in every room that you walk into this next week, be a blessing. And start to think ahead about how you can be a blessing to your spouse this week. 
How can, I don't care what your situation is. It doesn't matter if you're on good terms or you're on bad terms or you, you're so angry with them, you could choke slam them outside in the parking lot. All right? Think about how you can be a blessing to them this week. How can you serve them? How can you honor them? How can you respect them? And maybe a way you haven't done in a really long time. How can you be a blessing to your kids? I know sometimes, at least for me, we get so caught up in the fast-paced life that we live that we, we forget to stop and be a blessing to other people. So be a blessing to your family, to your kids, maybe to your grandkids. Be a blessing to your friends. Be a blessing to your coworkers. Maybe take a couple of minutes before you start work and think, how can I bless the people I'm going to work with today? How can I encourage them with a word that maybe the Lord has given me? Maybe I can pray for them and stop if they're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's just something as simple as a smile and, hey, how are you doing today? Be a blessing wherever you go. And then finally, just remember, whatever you sow, you will reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So if you're sowing seeds of the gospel, you're going to reap seeds of the gospel. If you're sowing seeds of deceit and deception at work, you're probably going to lose your job because that's what you've sown there. But if you sow uh, hard work and if you sow positivity, you're going to reap those things as well. Whatever you sow, whether it be a thought, whether it be a word, or whether it be a deed, you absolutely will reap. So may we be a people who give very careful thought to the things we think and say and do, because it's not karma, it's just a kingdom principle that what you plant, you will absolutely reap. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or visit our website at huddocommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.